Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Richard, let me ask you something. Okay. Do you get Vought? Like, I'm not asking are you into it, but do you get it? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Because I've been looking at... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not into Vought. For those who don't know, Vought is a fetish for being eaten, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm not into it, but I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of shit-posting meme pages, and they, like, repost Vought fan art and, like... That fetish where, like, you get shrunken down and you can fit on someone's foot. Like, I saw, like, a running Sonic with a real detailed blue foot and someone, like, nestled on it. And, like, I don't I don't share this fetish, but I don't know. I, I understand why someone would be into it, I guess. AJ, does this have anything to do with The Land Before Time? What's that? <laughs> More never... like, what's this podcast? Let's, let's, okay. This is, this is the Vorecast. This is the fetish cast where AJ and Richard... Two um, world famous uh, uh, podcasters from New Zealand. Um, we talk about fetishes that we're not into but understand and respect. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. What did we speak about last week? Uh, we talked about um, uh, nugget porn. Okay. Uh, which is amputee. And what are we going to be talking about next week? Um, next week, we're going to be talking about um, uh, like like shoes. Not feet, but shoes. Okay. What, what would you say has been your favourite episode? Oh, they've all been terrible, man. I've, they've all made me uncomfortable. They've all hey, well, what, what made you the most uncomfortable then? Um, probably the pedophilia one. I, right. I, don't, I don't think we should have justified <laughs> that by counting it as a fetish. It's more a perversion. But, right. You know, well, the pedophile community did, so did you, really like us for that one, though. Do you they, think they, it's they, a... We got um, a lot of nice emails. So you think it's a perversion? Pedophilia is, sure. Do you right. not think pedophilia is a perversion? Well, do you, would I, you know... Do you think homosexuality is a perversion? Of course not. It's not even a fetish. Why would you bring up homosexuality on fetish cast? <laughs> it's an I, orientation. Like, like, no, we'll not, save that for orientation Tuesday. I, I get it. Is what you, I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the that's what it says on the uh, iTunes logo when you subscribe to this. It says fetish cast with AJ and Richard. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. This isn't that podcast. What is this podcast? This is a podcast called Film Franchise Fortnights uh, on the Cult Popshire podcast. Oh, actually, mm. I've got a little audio clip to play at some point. I forgot to... Oh, I don't right. know. Um, it feels, feels like this needed to be prepped in advance. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. Um, anyway, this is the Cult Popshire podcast on the Film Franchise... No, no, that's good. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, anyway, uh, myself, Richard Martin... And Alexander Jones, my uh, co-host. Hello. Uh, watch and discuss a different film, a different film franchise every fortnight. We which do is two weeks or fourteen nights. Uh, and this fortnight in particular, it feels like it's been a thousand years since we talked about oh, monsters. Hell Act. yeah! We've been up and down. We've had highs. We've had lows. We 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 got um we we did really well in our short film competition individually we did really well and then we both got like horribly ill 
Um, yeah, so soon we're, after. we're recording this kind of late for our... I mean, it's not going to affect you guys listening to it, but um, I know I still kind of sound a little bit weird, AJ. You've always sounded fine, and I actually think you've been faking the whole sickness. No, but um, no, anyway, no. Uh, speaking of... I don't know, speaking faking, of nothing. Faking but, sicknesses? But here's, um, here's a little new thing we're going to incorporate into every episode, which I could probably edit into the podcast rather than just playing it off my phone, but here you go. Uh, Colt, please give a shout out to Colt Popcher. There you go. <laughs> All right, that was leader of the act party, David Seymour, um, giving us a shout out. A lot of people doubt that I've been Snapchatting him, but I have been. Um, although that I didn't get him to give me a shout out through Snapchat. Hmm. That was a live stream he did. Um, if you don't know what the who uh, David Seymour or the act party is, uh, New Zealand just had our 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 election. Yeah. Um, uh, to elect a new um, leader of the government still waiting on results um, I, I went I from not being interested in the election to grossly interested in it because now it feels like an episode of Game of Thrones because <laughs> there's one dude who's got all the control and can yeah. decide who gets in yeah I mean oh, how much do we need to explain it or want to explain it sorry uh, my phone Oh, okay. Okay. Actually, no. I think mine's still be on there. Um, well, look. I mean, I don't, I truly don't know our demographic in terms of like who's yeah. from. So where. basically, there's two. Brent main... from Texas. Um, we just had our, our politics don't work like the like America. We have a, a system called MMP, and the percentage you get in the election uh, corresponds with seats in Parliament. And getting the most doesn't mean you win. You need to have 61 seats, and if neither of the two main parties get 61, they have to form a coalition with um, one of the other parties that got in and got less seats. And so neither of the two main parties got enough. There's this one guy uh, who, who runs a party. An called, old drunk an, man. Called Winston Peters, who runs... The, well, I'm going to cult politics. <laughs> um, who runs a party called New Zealand First. And basically the whole country is waiting on him to decide who he wants to form a coalition with. He said he's not going to say anything until October 7th. He's just announced that today. He he's said, coy. Um, he said, stop asking me stupid questions. He went full Trump, basically, in mm. his interview, going, that's a stupid question. Why would I answer that? Mm. Um, can we just get some answers? Yeah, well, I will answer your questions when you start answering, asking me questions that are worth answering. So that's New Zealand's political climate at the moment. Um, it's hot. It's fresh. It's spicy. Yeah. So, and we're not going to talk about it. We're going to be talking um, about a different climate. Yeah, so... But, oh, okay, and David no? Seymour... Okay, I'll do that. I'll just say that again at the end da- of this. Sorry, yeah, because I've still been explaining who David okay. Seymour is. So there's a, a very small party called ACT. Um, oh, now I have to explain electorates. No, um, no you don't. Okay, so... I understand, and I don't know what an electorate is. I do, but... Yeah, well, okay, basically, you can get into Parliament by being on one of the leading parties that gets over 5% of the votes or if you win an electorate which means you're like a neighbourhood's member of parliament and for some reason there's this party called ACT that has one electorate and so this one guy David Seymour gets into parliament and he gave us a shout out and that's why I explained New Zealand politics to you I also asked um, David Seymour a question on his live stream I said um, hey David uh, who's your favourite Land Before Time character and he said Oh, um, oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I, I haven't seen them, I'm ashamed to say. And then his, um, what, his, who is it? Uh, his, uh, she's the third, um, 
uh, listed member of the party. Okay, so she was with him and she went, oh yeah, I'm, I'm one of like the only people who haven't seen those movies. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> what are you talking? Then they told us off for keeping us, because we kept asking questions yeah. about movies. And, then, and she was like, look, I'm not a cinematographer. I don't <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and you guys can watch it. Just go to, to act on yeah, Facebook. Oh, it was David Seymour's Facebook Oh, uh, was it? Okay, um, go there and just watch this live stream. It was at like 40 or so minutes and you can see our comments. <laughs> just listen to them. Answer. Oh, it's insane. Everyone is like, what do you think about um, about, about like the, the homeless problem in, in Auckland is, uh, and we were like what, what went wrong with the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> I love asking political questions about movies anyway anyway that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about The Land Before Time a series of 14 animated films about little dinosaurs 13 of them went straight to video I can already feel that my words aren't being as clear as they normally are. So I'm going to make more of an effort, but you guys have to make more of an effort to listen to me. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> um, so, uh, normally we'd like list the films and then go through what they're about and all this kind of shit. What we're going to do is, um, I'm going to say the film, who it was directed by all that kind of stuff. AJ's going to give a synopsis and then we're just going to talk about that film mm-hmm. um, specifically. I'll give any trivia relating to that film. And then also because there aren't really Rotten Tomatoes scores for these, um, one guy ranked them all. And so I bet we're, we're next to him as like people over 10 who have seen all of these movies. And well, parents. Yeah, but no. Okay. Who can talk, who've done, who've done like content about right, yeah. all, but um, he only did 13 though. Yeah. So yeah, at the time of, of his post, there was only 13 movies. So we'll, um, and then I'll say where he placed on the list and we can say, what's his name? Do you have his name? Uh, no, it was for New York post. Okay. Um, so shout out to you, New York post, man. New York. There's Postman. only one, one guy, one guy delivering all the post in New York. All right. Um, so the first film, have I forgotten anything? I feel like this has been a really comprehensive intro, but it was mostly about New Zealand politics. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I guess just to give an overview, like a more detailed overview of the series, it's very much, um, uh, it's, it's non Disney animated and, and back in the, the late eighties when these started, and like things that weren't animated by Disney were at both times special and terrifying because they didn't have the same level of polish, but there was also some kind of like, um, you know, charm about it because it was like almost an indie. But I mean, it's still Spielberg and George Lucas who helped the first one. But yeah, these are these are movies that um, it baffles me that they made this many and this recently that they've been releasing. Yeah, and also I don't want to spoil. Um, I was going to say ours, but specifically my headspace mm-hmm. relating to these movies, but it'll become very apparent yeah. um, as the podcast train transpires. So the first film was simply called The Land Before Time. It came out in 1988. It was directed by Don Bluth and executive produced by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. AJ, what's this film about? Mm-hmm. Also for today, um, AJ is drinking Sprite. Yeah, and I'm sticking to water. Um, classic, classic Don Bluth. If you've seen uh, an American Tale, it's, it's very similar in, in atmosphere. Um, the Lamp Before Time is about a young Apatosaurus or long neck, as they're called colloquially. Apatosaurus. A what? Apatosaurus. What did I say? Apatosaurus. Uh, and his name is Littlefoot, and he is separated after a, uh, he is separated from his herd after an earthquake. 
Um, his dying mother tells him that he must find his way to the Great Valley, which is the last known refuge for herbivore dinosaurs. Along the way, he meets a triceratops or a three-horn named Sarah, a saurolophus or a swimmer named Ducky, a pteranodon or a flyer named Petrie, and a stegosaurus or spike tail named Spike. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're all, they're all baby, little baby there. dinosaurs. Yeah. And so this is where it all began. Mm-hmm. Um, this single film spawned, um, according to IMDb, an astounding 13 sequels, <laughs> um, as well as 14 games, two sing-along videos, and a TV series. Yeah. Now, I, I would argue with the use of the word astounding... Um, I don't think you could use that to refer to any of these films. A <laughs> um, little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, the original idea um, by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Uh, the film uh, originally had no dialogue. Wow. Um, but then George Lucas was like, oi, now nah, let's give them voices. That's that's real interesting. Because like the good dinosaur the pixar's the good dinosaur i reckon that movie was also originally envisioned with no dialogue because so much of it is visual like mm. there's that the whole we metaphor about, about putting the um putting your your mark on on the silo and it's all done with with imagery and i i like i like i like the idea of these having no dialogue so was this yeah. george lucas's only sin it's just the only, <laughs> thing, only decision he did wrong by 1988 yeah yeah, yeah. um also, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original title for this was The Land Before Time Began. Yeah. What do you think of that? Because I know, I know you hate the title with a passion. The Land Before Time? Yeah. I didn't hate it. That's not what you told me. No, I said something else. I can't remember what it was. You just said it was dumb. The Land Before Time's an okay t- Oh, it's dumb because it's not before time. <laughs> yeah. They talk about time all the time in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like that's pretty low-hanging fruit for yeah. joking about the titles for these movies. Um, I've got more to say on the titles later on. Okay, cool. Um, next piece of trivia. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm just getting it all out of the way now because I'm... Spoiler alert, there's not a lot of trivia <laughs> for the straight-to-DVD sequels. Um, Don Bluth said he doesn't dislike the film, mm-hmm. but he credits it for starting him making a bunch of shit films. Hmm. Um I looked at his um, filmography mm-hmm. post-1988, mm-hmm. and he made such shit films as All Dogs Go to Heaven, mm. Anastasia, mm. and Titan AE. Those, I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say they're shit, but yeah, I- Yeah, neither would I. I, I they're definitely, um, yeah, no, I didn't know they were all Don Bluth, but they did Anastasia's great. Anastasia's great. Titan AE's great. Um, all, all Dogs, dogs go, go to Heaven, heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd actually, for the record, I mentioned American Tale before. Not very good. Came out just before this. Not a very good movie. Um, But it exists. And that's something I wanted to let everyone know that I knew. uh, Also, I guess... uh, I don't know. When do we say this? The most interesting piece of trivia about the first land of before time. Oh, okay. Yep. What is it? Um, So, you mentioned Ducky. Ducky's a little um, parasaurolophus. I need to look at the written down. Um, Parasaurolophus. I don't have a para in front of the one I wrote. Well, then you didn't do the right research, AJ. Um, so she was portrayed by a, um, a young actress called Judith Barcy, who was 10 years old. Um, she was um, like... She, she was... Yeah. Huh? 
she was she was a voice actress, um, yeah. very young of age. Um, Just talented. say the facts, man. Um, and okay, so <laughs> she started to become quite successful, and her father Joseph became quite angry and jealous, and would routinely um, threaten to kill himself, uh, his wife, and Judith. Um, his alcoholism worsened, causing the police to arrest him three separate times for drunk driving. And um, uh, after an incident with the police, Joseph reportedly stopped drinking, but again, he continued to threaten Maria and, jo- and Judith. Judith uh, began putting on weight. And then one day she uh, was doing a singing audition for All Dogs Go to Heaven and she broke down and she was taken um, to a child psychologist who identified severe physical and emotional abuse um, and reported her to Child Protective Services. Um, the investigation was dropped soon after. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria assured the caseworker she intended to begin divorce proceedings against Joseph and that she and Judith were going to move. Um, Judith, Judith was last seen riding her bike uh, on the morning of July 25th, 1988. That evening, Joseph shot her in the head while, he was, while she was sleeping and then murdered Maria. He then spent the next two days wandering around the house and said during a phone conversation with Judith's agent the next night that he intended to move out for good. He just needed time to say goodbye to my little girl. He then poured gasoline on the bodies and set them on fire. After incinerating the bodies, he went to the garage and shot himself in the head with a 32 caliber pistol. The great Valley adventure. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. So I, it's funny because I normally, I'm the one who doesn't take things like that seriously. Yeah. So it's interesting that you, um, well, one of us has got to, yeah, exactly. Obviously I take it seriously. No, I don't think you care. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she that was uh, she was actually murdered four months before the movie came out. Oh really? That, yeah. I I didn't know that. Um, no, like if if you're uh, if you if you discovered us because of the Beethoven podcast, you might remember um, the story I told about uh, who I pronounced as Joey Pilcher, whose name's actually Joey Pickler. Um, her, so, so, well, not a very you know another true crime story, not as yeah. not quite as bloodthirsty or gory as that one, yeah. but because AJ calls himself a true crime buff. <laughs> What do you mean? I, like, uh, why do you say I call myself one? You do. Yeah, but what you say that like I'm not one. Like, what do I have to do to be called one? That's up to the listeners. Okay. I feel like it's up to me if I want to be a buff on something or not. A buff doesn't mean you know nah, it. Nah, I, I feel like... Nah, buff's one of those things that like... Um, if someone says, oh yeah, I'm a real film buff, I'm like, oh, whatever. I bet you love Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> that was a callback. Um, but what I was going to say is... is um, I think in, in, in the effort to be a little bit more sensitive about what is probably a worse story, we probably won't dwell on... on <laughs> instead, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about happy dinosaurs frolicking yeah, through well, valleys. Well, like, it's, you can't, it's one of those things you can't talk about Land Before Time without talking about, yeah, which exactly. is a shame. Because um, it is the most interesting thing about the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there's not a whole lot else to say about it. Mm. Um, we, haven't, we haven't developed a, a sequel based around... The story this time, yeah, like I yeah, did yeah, with, with Joey Pickler. Um, okay, so um, mm. what did you what did you think of the first one? The first one, I get it. Uh, it's not my thing. Um, it's, I found it very boring. I feel like if I was a little kid and someone put that on, I'd be very bored watching it. But it's an achievement. It's it's really lovely animation. Um, it's nice to look at, and there's some really there's some really nice storytelling in it. Oh. I just didn't like it. Yeah. So I it got seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes um, yeah. and audience score seventy eight. That's 
the end of the Rotten Tomatoes scores for the evening. Okay. Um, I mentioned before that a guy ranked them. Um, he ranked this as number one. Mm-hmm. And he said about it, oh, come on, you knew this was coming. Nothing ever tops the original. And the same goes here. While the sequels have their merits, they can't quite touch the level of craft on the first and the feeling of meeting our dinosaur friends for the first time. So this list is coming from a guy who clearly really likes these films. Mm. Um, I haven't seen what I think of it yet. Um, the first one is the best one. For, oh, okay, that, even that's debatable. <laughs> but I hated it. Yeah. This was like... But you know this, what? This isn't even... Like, I can judge films on merits and, like, based on target audiences. This is just a bad film. <laughs> it's pretty boring. It's, it's so, it's it's so none bad. Of, none of the characters are particularly... Um, endearing in any way. Um, Littlefoot looks like a, like a grandpa's penis. Like, <laughs> he's like this grey... <laughs> like, you know what he looks like. Probably. You guys know what your granddad's <laughs> penis looks like. <laughs> like, the, the, you know what I mean? Like, Littlefoot's ugly. Littlefoot's oh, ugly. So ugly and then the, the second he's main like character... granddad's penis. <laughs> then the second main character is this little bitchy side... You know, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get started on series. When are we going to talk about characters? Should we go through all of them and then talk about characters? Yeah, I've got I've got some stuff. To okay, because I've got something to say about all the characters. Okay, good. So that's not true. Um, Every character, <laughs> in the whole franchise. All right. So the second film was Land Before Time Two: The Great Valley Adventure. They came out in 1994 and was directed by Roy Allen Smith. Um, bit of trivia about this one. Um, Spoiler alert, this is my last piece of trivia. <laughs> um, and this is just... I, I, I mainly copied this from IMDb because it's 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 dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace Houston was the only actor, actor from the original film to reprise her role as Sarah. No other actors reprised their role as Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no comma in there. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, you, I you got them, dude. You got yeah. them. Yeah. Fuck IMDb. All right. So after settling into the Great Valley, which is where they were trying to get to in the first movie, the gang find themselves chasing a pair of egg thieves, uh, egg thieving outsiders into the mysterious beyond, which is what they call anywhere that isn't the Great Valley. Um, they they end up accidentally bringing back a T-Rex egg and it hatches and they name him Chomper and they have to figure out how to get him back to his T-Rex parents without themselves getting eaten. All right. And um, this sequel adds an element to the franchise that sticks from there on out mm-hmm. um and that's that from now on they're musicals yay and you know musicals are fun oh, what and a- you know, the, the songs don't need to make sense <laughs> or like follow the logic of the films and, and or rhyme we need or work. have any kind of like semblance of a beat or have like you know syllables we need to work have, on, our, on our um comedy chemistry dude because i was still going to build it up i was still going to be like yeah there's songs you know maybe that's what the first one was missing like a couple catchy songs and we're like yeah 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 and then you'd go like yeah and they don't need to have but you jumped into okay soon. so it's my fault is what you're saying um well is it my fault yeah are you, are you victim blaming is that what you're doing here you're not the victim dude i'm the victim <laughs> um yeah, so... Let's give a sample. Okay, so in, in um, The Land Before Time 2, The Great Valley Adventure, when uh, Chomper is hatched, they all gather around him and they start singing a song that goes... What, what is it? We're, we're a family and you're one of us now. Though you look like you, you we think you're like us too because you're a family and you're one of us now. 
And it's like it, the most of, aside from a few outliers, which we will talk about in the, in the series, um, all the songs feel like the in between parts of Les Mis when they're not like they're in between like what's a song, what well, two songs from Master Les Mis. of the House and um, Castle on a Cloud. Yeah, and so those two are actually next to each other. There in you Les go. Mis as well. So it's like it's like in between those two songs where the characters are still conversing, but they're singing still. But it's not to any. It's not like they're tethered to a tune, so they'll be like, "What are you doing?" And it's like oh, you were a family, and you and you're one of us now. Family, and though we look, you look like you. We think you will like us too. And the, the rhymes are very simple and very art. Uh, like we, I no, can, no, no, no. Saying the rhymes are simple <laughs> is giving credit to these films because it's like, yeah, kids can remember it. The, the, the rhymes, rhymes are lazy. The rhymes are dumb. <laughs> the rhymes are dumb. And the songs are bad. Yeah. Apart agreed. from one or two. So. I would say there are two standouts and then a couple that I'll listen to you, to, to people be like, this one's good. All right. I'm really interested to know what your two are. Um, so, Lamb Before Time 2 was ranked number five by New York Post guy, um, saying the first sequel is also one of the best. I mean, it's the fifth. Um, um Introducing us to a baby T-Rex named Chomper who has the pleasant capability of being bilingual. Speaking you don't both find that out yet. Speaking both T-Rex and herbivore. The film also does the best job of maintaining some of the darker tone of the original movie while broadening its humour for younger audiences. But it's also responsible for introducing the musical format so boo. Um, I would rank the Great Valley Adventure in the bottom five. Mm. I reckon so just to there, there wasn't I wasn't planning to reveal this at any point so I'll just say it now in my opinion there's a there's a very clear parabola to, to the how good each movie is and you start you start with like a base level with the first one and then you drop dramatically to two then three four three and four are like real bad as well five slightly better then six is like my favorite one and then seven eight nine ten are all all right they're like I can watch I I you know what if I have kids one day, I'll watch six, seven, eight, nine, ten oh, with Jesus them. Like Christ. they were fine, and then it, <laughs> good lord, it drops at, <laughs> at eleven, and then keeps going down till thirteen, and maybe gets slightly more up with fourteen. Okay, that's ugh, that's why it's opinion. one of these things. Like, I don't know when to say because we haven't talked about it yet, but it's interesting you say that it goes eleven goes down and it keeps going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I I agree that eleven and thirteen. <laughs> I like the diabolically. Worst <laughs> I like they are so bad. Simply bad. Twelve's <laughs> uh, probably my favorite one. What's what one's twelve? Remind with, me. Uh, with Guido. You like? Oh yeah, that one's alright. That yeah. one just felt less like a movie and more like an episode of a TV show. Yeah. Which is a big problem with them as they go along is that the the stakes of the movies get lower and lower yeah. and like it stops being epic and starts just being about ah oh, bloody spikes eating too much. Yeah. Stop eating my food, Spike. All right. Hey, we need to get a move on. Right. Um, number three, The Land Before Time 3, The Time of the Great Giving, 1995, Roy Allen Smith. Um, no f- trivia. Um, water has dried up in the Great Valley, and so Littlefoot and his friends once again travel to the mysterious beyond to find water. They discover the water blockage was caused by a rock slide. There's also a big fire in the Great Valley. Once the dinosaurs free the blockage, they discover the need for migration. And as a community begin travelling from spot to spot while they wait for the unblocked water to revitalise the Great Valley's ecosystem. Um, is this the one with big water, the song? No. That's five. What was, what's number five called? 
the mysterious island. Okay, sweet. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so this one was ranked number two. Interesting. Um, oh, the, I don't like this guy. The raptors in the... Oh, you just fucking wait. <laughs> um, the raptors in the sequel are so genuinely terrifying that any kid from the, the 90s raptors. will tell you they still have the occasional nightmare about them. The T-Rex who? Yeah, I don't like this guy. Um, yeah, so... Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean. Mm-hmm. I pride myself on having like a real good memory. And in fact, today I brought up something like from like four years ago that pissed me off that AJ said to me. <laughs> um, but um, I barely remember what the first like five films are about. When I, when I was writing these synopses today, um, I got to the time of the great giving episode three and I was like, what the hell is this one about? And I, I, I looked on the Wikipedia page and every one of them, you could be like, oh, it's the T-Rex one. Oh, it's the the mysterious, it's the island one. Right, yeah. right, right. This one, I was reading the synopsis. I was like, yeah, but what is it about? What's the thing? What's the thing that this one is about? Yeah. And it's not about anything. Also, and also, because from like the sixth one onwards, they have like one c- celebrity guest mm. star. Um, yeah, not much to say about the third one, to be honest. I'll just crack right on through to The Land Before Time 4, Journey Through the Mists, 1996, Roy Allen Smith. Uh, inexplicably starting with everyone back in the Great Valley again, despite having migrated in the last film, Littlefoot is shocked to learn about migration for the first time ever. When a group of long-necked dinosaur cousins migrate into the valley... Uh, and warn the other dinosaurs of an impending mist which ruined their original home. Littlefoot's grandfather also falls ill, and the gang learn that the only way to save him is to retrieve some golden flowers from the land of mists located in the mysterious beyond. Right. This, the first four, four or five movies in this series, I think, take a, take the record. They, they get a big, big, they get a place on the film franchise Fortnite's wall of fame for having the worst continuity at least these first five, because yeah. like X Men at least tried to acknowledge it in some kind of way. Like X Men continuity was terrible, but it was still like they made ones about time travel. So That's it's the like, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one, spoilers. They learn what migration is in like five of these movies, <laughs> and it's like, what's that? And it's like you literally ended the. They end. They end. Time of the Great Giving, not in the the Great Valley. They leave it, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna migrate this is this is the and i was like okay cool so it's like the first one's like they go to their safe place then the second one's like they learn they actually need to leave it or they, they stay in there for the second place then the third one they need they learn that they need to leave it and then maybe like the next one the next 10 will be them journeying throughout the world no they're back there they learn what migration is for the first time what's this one even about these mists this is the one this is the one I've, i'd seen when i was a kid All i didn't right. know which one i'd seen but i knew i'd seen one of them i remember the golden flowers is that yeah. they have to get to This heal. isn't the Friends for Dinner, is it? No, that's the Mysterious that's, Island. Right. Um, okay, so this one, the guy ranked it seventh. Okay. Uh, he said, finally, the series adds a little more girl power in the form of Ali. Oh, finally. Who, ta- who looks just like Littlefoot. But then it quickly takes her out of the picture by the film's end. And she doesn't show up again in another movie. Yeah. Although she was in the TV spinoff series, albeit in a different color. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's all he said about it. All right. she? There could be a woman. Yeah, we don't know. Could be a, an eight-year-old. Could be a, a dog. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. All right. What's the next one? Uh, next one is Land Before Time 5, 
The Mysterious Island. I've got the longest synopsis. Directed by, directed by Charles Grosvenor. Now, remember that name. <laughs> Charles Grosvenor, okay? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay, after pests eat all the food in the Great Valley, the community of dinosaurs decide they need to migrate for the first time, which is a concept which Littlefoot <laughs> and his friends have never heard of before. <laughs> However, a rift is caused between the adult dinosaurs' unrelenting xenophobia and racial biases, which lead Little <laughs> Littlefoot and his friends to run away in an attempt to find more resources and hopefully unite their racist parents. They end up getting lost at sea. Okay, and find themselves on a mysterious island uh, where they once again run into Chomper, who is now old enough to speak English, even though his his parents still speak in roars and grunts. And when they first hatched Chomper, he couldn't speak English, so they didn't he didn't learn English from them because he left them before he developed like the being able to comprehend speech. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, they earn Chomper's parents' trust and respect after saving his life from another dinosaur, and then some random Elasmosaurus named Elsie turns up and takes the kids back to the lush, fertile part of the mainland That's right. where they can live with their parents in harmony again until the Great Valley sorts its shit out. Elsie, uh, who turned up out of nowhere, is never seen in the series again. <laughs> not, not even in the TV show. I checked. That's so funny. Yeah, she saves the day from no nowhere and never is in it yeah there's this giant like Loch Ness monster type thing comes out of the water and they're like how do we get back she's like oh hop on my head yeah and then swims back and then yeah we never see her again that's interesting because every minor character apart from Elsie obviously um, appears in the TV show at some point yeah Um, Chomp is a main character in the TV series mm. and he's only in two of the movies yeah Um, alright what did New York Poster say um, alright this this one came third Um, yeah that island sure was mysterious and it taught us the important lesson of not judging a dinosaur by the size of its teeth. As it turned out, one of the T-Rexes wasn't so bad after all. This is one of the best songs. One of the two good songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is called Friends for Dinner. Yeah, I liked Big Water. I'm going to be honest. Big Water's, yeah. Big Water's Big Water was the, my first, like, oh, this is... How does that one go, Richard? The big, big Water refers big, to the ocean. Big, big water. It's terribly big, 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 big water. It's scary and it's dangerous. It's spooky and it's strangerous. In that big water. Yeah. And yeah, then, that was my first sort of like, oh yeah, this is actually a song. But like, you watch it on 1.5 speeds. So. And they're so much better. <laughs> oh my, like the songs are like, if you want to go out and listen to any of the songs from The Land Before Time watch them at 1.5 speed <laughs> this isn't like that's a this is a genuine life hack yeah the songs are terrible it's the best life hack um the real also, life pro tip is always in the podcast there's also a song in this one that goes friends for dinner and that's when um chomper is preparing um food for his, his friends who have come to the mysterious island but this it cuts between chomper singing it and littlefoot and his friends singing it and when littlefoot well, so, so it starts off with chomper saying yeah he's like oh i'll go get ready i love having friends for dinner yeah and so chomper's going like we're gonna i'm gonna have friends for dinner and then like i'm gonna make them berries yeah 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 yeah. and then littlefoot and his friends are like we're gonna be friends for dinner and it's like it's it's very theatery you know like it's cool it's a cool song yeah all right so that's uh that's all i have to say about five number six the land and here i can't wait for this um <laughs> the land before time six the secret of saurus rocks rock 1998 directed by charles grosvenor oh, again grosvenor. Um, the, the grove the grove 
All right, uh, Littlefoot is inspired after learning about the legend of the Lone Dinosaur, a long neck who protected the Great Valley from a sharp tooth, which is what they call T-Rexes or any, any carnivorous dinosaur. Uh, none of the children seem to remember the story, despite the fact that they moved to the Great Valley within their lifetimes. <laughs> um, and an old, an old long neck named Doc then turns up in the Great Valley, and Littlefoot is convinced that he is the Lone Dinosaur the legends speak of. Unfortunately, Doc's arrival uh, with Doc's arrival comes a slew of natural disasters and all the xenophobic adults blame this bad luck on Doc there's also a whole plot about a big mountain which kids accidentally destroy and that's really the reason for the bad luck because it was like a lucky mountain uh, and Soros Rock yeah Soros Rock where the secret I don't know what the secret is. What well, secret is that it was good luck? Right, right. Uh, and in the end Littlefoot's grandfather saves them from a T-Rex suggesting that there's a lone dinosaur within all of us Whew, this um, is the best one <laughs> this is the top right. of the parabola. All right. So, um, the lone Do- doc, the lone dinosaur, is voiced by Chris Christopherson, mm-hmm. who is Alice in Chains to Johnny Cash's Nirvana. <laughs> um, yeah. So, this is the introduction. What of the like, heck did you just say? Alice in Chains to Johnny Johnny Cash's Nirvana. If Johnny Cash is Nirvana, oh, okay. Then Chris Christopherson is like, Alice in Chains. Richard Johnny Cash wasn't in Nirvana. <laughs> Oh, AJ. All right. Um, sure, I'm just going to say it. Okay. This is the best song ever written. In it. All right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to quickly interrupt you there before you talk about it more. Um, New York Post guy yeah. uh, ranked this one number 11 out of 30. Holy crap. I couldn't disagree more. New York See, Post the guy. secret of Saurus Rock is that it's boring and uninspired. Oh. Does a folktale about a lone dinosaur based on the Lone Ranger sound like a good idea to you? Yes. I love that he specifically shits on the best part of the film. <laughs> and boy, does the song sound good at 1.5 speed. <laughs> so I'm going to sing a little bit, bit of it for you. It goes, um, Dinosaur, he promised his protection. Dinosaur, to the helpless and the poor. Dinosaur, wherever there is danger, we'll never be defenseless anymore. The lone dinosaur. And I was like, hell yeah, this is this is like it's the only song in the whole series that feels like a disney song like right. it feels like we're watching a classic disney you know because, <laughs> and, um, and also it's important to the plot and one of the worst things about the songs in these movies is you look at something like aladdin and how aladdin uses the music the, the songs in the movie right the, all the songs are indicative of either character traits that are important or um character motivation character motivations none of them are about what's happening next none, none of them are like this isolated event is happening we're going to sing about it and so many Land Before what, Time songs what would be an example of in Aladdin how would if some of the people who wrote Land Before Time wrote Aladdin how, where would they put a song they would put a song in it where um, where he's like touch nothing but the lamp and he'd be like touch nothing but the lamp touch nothing but the lamp and it's like the movie's not about not touching the lamp <laughs> right That's, it's about having a friend like the genie yeah yeah exactly it is though and like it is right like it's, it's, it's the genie's I'm getting so excited about Aladdin now because it's such a good screenplay but like the, the, the movie's about friendship in a lot of ways right and you yeah. ain't never had a friend like me of course great that's the genie of course and you never will <laughs> Whereas and that's the message you should take away from it Kate. there's a song in um, Land Before Time um, uh, which one? 
I don't know what uh, nine journey to big water about imaginary friends there's a whole thing about imaginary uh, friends yeah. the movie's not about imaginary <laughs> friends they just start singing about imaginary yeah, friends yeah it's like it's like a, it's a, almost like a family guy cutaway gag yeah 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 it's like they're like oh we've got this song about imaginary friends where do we chuck it and that's why I like the Lone Dinosaur song, because that movie is about like this epic character and about yeah. learning where, you know, because he builds up, this is how cool the Lone Dinosaur is. And then the message of the movie is effectively, we, we're all capable of that. Yeah. Not that I thought this movie was anywhere above like a five out of ten. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's the thing that happens on film franchise Fortnite is you get, um, yeah. So the next one was called The Land Before Time 7, The Stone of Cold Fire. Very I'm, cool title. I'm, yeah, putting out there, that's a fucking cool title. Um, it came out in 2000, and it was directed by Charles Grosvenor. Charles! Uh, no one believes Littlefoot when he says he saw a large blue asteroid crash into the far-off mountains, except for some strange new rainbow-billed dinosaurs, which turned out to be aliens. Spoilers. Um, oh, like, I, I, I don't want you to get to that so early. <laughs> Because I can't just let you leave that out there. Yeah. There like, are aliens in the seventh one. The alien dinosaurs. Alien dinosaurs in the seventh. Who the hell thought that was a good idea? Also, uh, Petrie's uncle, who's evil, returns to the Great Valley. That's right. To cause havoc after previously being banished when the dinosaurs first migrated there in the first film. Um, therefore indicating that the writers are aware of the first film, despite, like, <laughs> vehemently ignoring it for so many of these. Well, it's now that Charles Grosvenor's taken over. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there are aliens in this one. They're literally, literally aliens. They're just, they keep popping up to randomly save the day. And then at the end, they're like, how did you know all this stuff? And the rainbow faces go, <laughs> look over there, Littlefoot. And Littlefoot turns around and then a giant blue beam comes from the sky and then they're gone. Um, can I ask you something? How much do you remember about this one? Uh, I forgot about the uncle, but yeah, no, yeah. So the stone of cold fire, it's called that because they're trying to find the stone that apparently is blue and cold, but it's yeah. on fire. And there's a big emphasis on getting to it before the uncle does. Yeah. What happens when, I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember what the they stone get, of they cold get, fire does. They think it's going to give them like, the uncle thinks it's going to give them like heaps of power or something like that. Right. And then when they get there and it doesn't. And that's the thing. Oh, okay. Um, so the stone of cold fire is powerless. Yeah, it's just a because it's just an asteroid. Right. But um, yeah, this, uh, yeah, yeah. Where did New York Post? Do? <laughs> New York Post put this one um, number ten. Though not quite as annoying as Tiny Sauruses, the name Rainbow Faces comes pretty close. Literally right. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not as into it as you and I. <laughs> Especially by the time well, we I think he is. <laughs> We're halfway through, team. All right. All right. I know we've only been recording for 41 minutes. Oh, my so. God. This is going to be so long. <laughs> I've still got so much more left to say. Um, all right, quick. Number eight. Land Before Time 8. The Big Freeze. 2001. Charles Grosvenor. Again. Okay. Ducky is real mad at Spike because he, he's a fat <laughs> shit who eats all the food. Um, Spike doesn't speak as well. Have you said that? Spike doesn't speak except for in um, um, one of them. He says Ducky in um, Journey Through the Mists when Ducky's in trouble. He goes Ducky, and everyone's and like Spike. The rest of the time he goes Ah Ah Ah. He's the peanut ah. butter baby. Um, okay, so Ducky is romantic Spike because he's a fat shit who eats all the food. Her, issue, her issues are put into perspective when the motherfucking ice age hits, <laughs> during which Spike decides to leave the Great Valley with a new crew of fellow Stegosauruses. Stegosauri? Stegosauropods. <laughs> that uh, wander in, but they all get lost and the gang have to, goes to save Spike themselves 
and each other. All right. This is the Christmas special as well. Did you did you know that? Yeah. Came out in December. And it's they, about- they, they all come out in December. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I that, sh- that, like most of them came out like December 20th. Oh, I saw that this was um, Ice Age themed and I was like, I wonder if this is like their answer to a Christmas special. Right, yeah. That makes sense that they'd come out before Christmas because they'd be a cheap Christmas yeah. present. Um, the introduction of this. So the, oh, they put this one eighth. Um, yeah, I, I like this one. I think this is probably the most well-rounded. Yeah, it deserves to be number eight. <laughs> um, the introduction of the Ice Age into the series is an interesting, read hilarious choice because even though the gang may be fine at the end of the movie, they're still totally gonna die. <laughs> All right. I don't get this guy's angle though. No, yeah, it's like he took them real seriously with the first couple, and now yeah. he's like, "Rainbow Face is a stupid name." <laughs> um, all right, no more to say about that one. Um, that was the first um, post nine eleven. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, it was. That's true. Um, And it shows, frankly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Land Before Time 9, Journey to Big Water, 2002, Charles Grosvenor. After a massive rainstorm causes a small flood in one corner of the Great Valley, Littlefoot and his friends make acquaintances with a purple dolphin thing called Mo, uh, who no one really likes because he's kind of an annoying, ignorant asshole. <laughs> uh, and they decide to help him get back to his ocean home. Mm-hmm. Um, immediate thoughts on this one? Did you draw the same parallel that I drew? What? Having just seen the movie It... <laughs> At the start, oh, it's right, this yeah, yeah. strange creature in like an ocean, you know, in the water during a flood. During a flood, who's like coaxes Littlefoot into the water. <laughs> it's so it's so much like Pennywise. Yeah. I was so I was like, oh, if this movie was more famous, I'd like edit a YouTube poop together because <laughs> it's so begging for it. Because it's like he's like he sees this thing making noise. He's come like, on here. He's like, oh, yeah, come on down here, Littlefoot. <laughs> so like, like yeah, you like like this balloon? <laughs> but it's like oh man that um, was that was the that's no, funny that was the immediate thing i thought of <laughs> um this is probably be, this will be my top half this is at least like a one and a half or two out of ten okay um but new york post guy um put it as number six this one provides a breath of fresh air by bringing in the element of water allowing the world to open up to underwater species that was cool he's right yeah so number 10 the Great Long Neck Migration. Migration again. Uh, this came in 2003, treated by Charles Grosvenor. Littlefoot discovers migration for the first time ever. <laughs> when he and every other long neck dream of the sun exploding, uh, which prompts them to leave their homes and journey to a valley filled with other long necks. It is there that he meets his long lost father and he learns of the legends that when the sun falls from the sky, it is the responsibility of the long necks to push it back up. After a brief and relatively low stakes battle of three T-Rexes <laughs> versus like 2000 long necks, um, an eclipse happens and the long necks all take 
take all take this as their cue to hold their heads up high and believe they pushed the sun back into the sky even though nothing bad would have happened if they just left it because it was just an eclipse <laughs> Littlefoot then decides to return to the Great Valley with his friends instead of starting a new life with his father because he's afraid of change um, um. Despite, <laughs> despite my criticisms this there's an argument that this is the best one yeah. the the way I watched this with, with um, Adam uh, sometimes cult podcaster cult popcaster Adam um, and we we were, we like we both really enjoyed it like we were both like this is cool and it's it's the only one that has that kind of Lion King-esque spirituality to it mm. like where, the, where it actually feels like there's laws and legends that, that certain dinosaurs believe yeah. um, and it's got you want to say this? Yeah, yeah I was going to say it. Yeah. So um, this guy placed it at number four um, and said, Our leading man, Littlefoot, finally gets a dad. And he's voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. Double win. That's it. Um, yeah. What's a dumb movie Kiefer Sutherland's from? Uh, the, like, the only movie I can think of. I, I Two movies I can think of. Flatliners and um, uh, Phone Booth. Phone Booth's Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Stars. Stand By Me's Kiefer Sutherland. The Land Before Time 10. The Great Long Neck Migration's Kiefer Sutherland stars in The Land Before Time 10. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's pretty good in it. Mm. He, he suits it. Kiefer Sutherland's got a great voice, as anyone who's seen Phone Booth <laughs> will be able to tell you. Yeah. Um, Phone Booth's a great movie, by the way. Whenever, unless they make... Oh, unless actually we, unless we include Cellular. Is that a um, sequel to Phone Booth? It's like, a, it's a, it's Zathura 2. Really? Um, Phone Booth. I Jumanji. had no idea. That's really interesting. Um, let's do it. Let's do it next week. Yeah, let's do Jumanji, Zathura, Phone Booth and Cellular. And we can talk about which one has the better link. Because um, in Phone Booth, he's trapped on a phone in, in one location. Whereas mm. on Cellular, he's trapped on a phone, but is able to move. Very cool. Um, yeah. Probably the only good like like the, the uh, like the most notably good voice acting performance in it mm-hmm. in the series just because it's Kev Sutherland mm-hmm. um and he actually kind of seems to give a shit mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah this is a good one there's just too many characters in it I think yeah there's like six dispensable long necks in it that like you just don't need <laughs> the yeah. disposable not dispensable um, the num- dispensable <laughs> just press a button they come out <laughs> <laughs> um, the Land Before Time 11 Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses this one came out in 2005 they took a year off and was directed by Charles Grosvenor Charles what went wrong first of all you should never you should never have 11 like in your repertoire of films you know like it's not a particularly aesthetically pleasing number and I think yeah XI yeah yeah these are all done with the Roman numerals yeah that's well. true Okay, the community grows furious. Uh, this is so funny. Whatever, you're gonna love it. The community grows furious after the annual feeding of tree sweets, which is what they call blossoms, is ruined after Littlefoot falls on the tree and all the blossoms are eaten by tiny little longnecks who live underground. Littlefoot blames the entire ordeal on the tiny sauruses, which is fair enough, as they committed probably the worst part of the ordeal since they still ate all the tree sweets themselves. <laughs> still, he becomes friends with them and soon finds himself having to defend them from the race. Xenophobic witch hunt, and must admit to everyone that he lied when he said that the tiny sauruses knocked all the blossoms off the trees and ate them. And in fact, he was the one who knocked them off the tree, and all they did was actually eat them, which is pr- pretty much the entire crime. Like, and and like, I wouldn't really say Littlefoot should feel guilty about this because about lying because like 
the tiny sauruses ate them all. <laughs> they could have still. He could have like gotten the other di- but Hey, I screwed up. I knocked them all off the tree, but they're still good for the, for the taken. Yeah. But it makes this big deal. There's a song about it. There's a song about how you need to learn to tell the truth. But he didn't do the worst part of it. Like, yeah. they get angry at the tiny sauruses for a valid reason. If I was on the writing team for this movie, I'd be like, no. Like, he, he, he they clearly did wrong. Like, the, the difference between what Littlefoot said happened and what actually happened is so minuscule that it's, <laughs> it's not... He doesn't shouldn't learn a lesson. The, anyway. um, yeah, the, well, the other thing about this film is that Littlefoot's having an identity, identity crisis because he's yeah, so little. He's, and a little. The tiny, he's bigger than the tiny sauruses. Yeah. They worship him as some kind of deity. Uh, and, and um, this is the second worst one by far. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah, all bad. Yeah. And it's still the second worst one by far. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so this guy put it at number 12. 12 out of 13 at the time. That's fair. Said the Lamb Before Time was, series was never big on factual accuracy. They don't even call the dinosaurs by their real names, i.e. a T-Rex is called a sharp tooth. Uh, but they crossed the line with the introduction of tiny sauruses, which is so dumb it's unbearable. Hmm. And talking about titles, as we do a lot, Invasion of the Tiny Saurus is the most dumb. unland before tiny title they've yeah. got. Invasion of anything is kind of like, feels like you're not taking it seriously anymore. Yeah, whereas like, to come from the Stone of Cold Fire, yeah, that could yeah. be a Star Wars title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool as. Yeah. Um, so, probably a Star Wars comic, probably not. Yeah, a, okay, well, what do you think? Not a movie. I was... Maybe an episode be- of Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, or like a Terminator sequel or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this one was real, real bad. Ooh, it's pretty bad. It's um, pretty bad. I, I want to tell you how bad the songs are in it, but uh, also, I, I mean, don't I remember any. as well, but I can't, I can't remember what movies they're in. But there's like eight songs about hating your dad. There's also every movie's about like learning that other people are different and that's okay. Yeah. Sarah always sings about how how dad is so annoying. Mm. It's like Sarah, you're annoying. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get um, to that at the hour at the hour <laughs> mark of this podcast. Um, so the next one is called The Lamb Before Time Twelve. The Great Day of the Flyers came out in two thousand six, and I'll give you one guess as to who it was directed by. Tom Bluth, Charles Grosvenor. Oh, Charles, what are you doing, man? It upsets me that he directed both the like Golden Age and then the bad ones. <laughs> okay, Petrie, who's the Pteranodon, is, is having trouble practicing for his flying exam, which apparently all flying dinosaurs are required to pass because otherwise, what? They're not allowed to fly. <laughs> uh, his troubles are pushed to the back of everyone's mind when Guido shows up, who's a micro raptor or a feathered flyer. Yeah. I don't know much to say. Um, this is my favorite one. <laughs> It's all right. Like, the, it's yeah. pretty good. So this one was uh, they ranked number nine. It's forgettable and small in scope with very low stakes, but the flying scenes are coolish. Plus, there's a dinosaur named Guido. That's a plus. Guido was cool. Guido was Guido, cool. yeah. The, Guido's my favorite like one-off character. Yeah. The only because Chomp was in it. I, I, I said this before, but but Land of the Flies is the most. This feels like an episode of the show movie. Yeah. Oh, Guido's got a. I mean. Um, Petrie's got to pass his flying test. test. Yeah. Um, it's the most sitcom setup. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's like I said, it's like they said, it's low stakes, but it's, it is in here. Like because of that, it's probably one of the more fun ones. It's also one of the only ones that actually both 11, uh, t- 12 and 13, no, 11 and 12 take place in the great Valley. They don't really leave the great Valley. Yeah, true. Um, oh, oh boy. Here we go. 
Number 13. The Land Before Time 13. The Wisdom of Friends. This came out in 2007 and was directed by Jamie Mitchell. With supervising director Charles Grosvenor. <laughs> I'm just going to read what I wrote here and then you guys can decide where I placed it on my, on my ranking. <laughs> Uh, Littlefoot is inspired by a series of lessons imparted to him by his grandparents called The Wisdoms, uh, which consist of things like don't walk across precarious platforms over cliffs and be nice to others. He decides to use this knowledge to help a herd of hopelessly stupid, feathered, fat, fluoro dinosaurs migrate to Berry Valley, effectively bypassing the survival of the fittest method of natural selection, which the rest of the dinosaurs became so famous for in their life. Okay, yeah, and and these these dinosaurs... This was a voice by Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sandra O. Oh. Um, on the Wikipedia page, it was like Sandra O oh from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I was like, Wikipedia? Like, that's, that's very creative of Wikipedia to like be like, this actress from this thing. Instead yeah, right. of just be like, this actress. Um, oh my yeah, gosh, this one hell. sucked my dick, dude. Like, this was <laughs> no, the man, worst. Just like it was like the best no. one. <laughs> that's a good thing to happen to you, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we've we've led very different lives. Don't you hate when you like you? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Oh my god, this is this film is like the film film was like an orgasm, dude. (laughs) It sucks. This film was the worst. (laughs) I wouldn't wish this experience on anyone. This film was like having a big chocolate sundae, and you're not hungry. You know, you're not. You know, you're not full, so you eat the whole thing and really enjoy it. That's how bad this was. No, this one was the worst one. Yeah, this film was rude. So I watched this last night and um, fell asleep for the last like 10, 15 minutes and then um, realized, well, I woke up and realized and so I went back and watched it and I couldn't get to sleep for so long. <laughs> this film, oh man, this film ruined my life, dude. Um, dude, I watched the Tiny Saurus at 4am when I had work <laughs> live the next day. It. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this one was ranked number 13 yeah. out of 13 yeah. at the time. Um, even if this movie weren't terrible, I'd probably it'd probably still deserve to be last on the list based on the terrible name alone. That aside, the plot is about as lame as these things get, and not even a phoned-in voice role from Cuba Gooding Jr. can save it. Blame this one for putting the final nail in the coffin for the series. But it didn't. Yeah. They should have put one more nail in it. Because nine years later... Nine years. A Land Before Time, Journey of the Brave was released in 2016. Directed by, and this is this guy's name, Davis Doy. 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 Doy Davis. Bye. All right. What do you think of this one? Um, Littlefoot goes looking for his long lost dad again after he hears he probably died in a volcano. <laughs> like, that's what it was about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, this one... It's definitely not the worst one, and like, but it, like, it's it's got good characterization. They actually all have pretty good characterization, just with the worst characters. Sure. Um, and it it was a it was a, a, a tangible journey that made sense, um, but it didn't feel refreshed because yeah. okay, you sto- why, why take a break from yeah? Nine years? You stop making these in two thousand seven, right? Yeah. Then you do a TV series. Yeah. The TV series went for. A one, year. One season, 26 one, episodes. There you go. So that's still eight years between the last time you visited these characters and the first time coming back. And it doesn't feel like a reboot in the same way that, like, Beethoven's Big Break felt like a reboot. It doesn't feel like a reboot in the same way that, like, 
I don't know what's another Jurassic World. Jurassic, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Like that. that oh shit! I just, <laughs> I just knocked my pop filter into the microphone. Um, it didn't feel like yeah, a, we I, have pop filters. It didn't now. feel like a reboot in that in that same way, and yeah. it just felt like another one. The animation was slightly cleaner, but other than that, it's like. How has this still got the same voice? How has it got not... And, like, literally, the voice actors sound exactly the same. Mm. Especially um, Petrie. Petrie is definitely the same voice actor. Well, yeah, because Petrie's in play by an adult. The rest are kids. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, and it's like... How, why? Why was this... Why yeah. did you decide to come back after all this time? Because assumingly they're not over, right? Assumingly if you're going to start again after nine years in 2016, we'll get one next year, right? We'll get one probably this Christmas. <laughs> Keith and I and that's, that's the thing. Kids. And that's the thing, dear listeners. If you listen to... If you'll find it when, when we review a lot of these like C-grade franchises that like... C is being kind. <laughs> there is no information. There's no information on why... Why Land Before Time yeah, makes you, you can talk for hours about the development of Jurassic World. Yeah, you could. Um, but yeah, like, you can't talk for hours about the stone of cold fire. And why no one, because no one, no one, there's no press no release. It. Yeah, there's no, there's no one being like, and Land Before Time is getting a seventh film. It's like, it just happens and no one talks yeah, about the it. The only info on the production of any of the sequels, really, I mean, Okay. You can look, try and look harder, and, and if you and like, safe. please tell us because um, we need to know how to but find this stuff. We um, on the Wikipedia page for the second one, it says in June 1993, it was announced that a straight-to-video sequel to Land Before Time was being produced. No release date was given at the time. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's all the films. Now that you know them, we can move on. We're at an hour. To, and now let's get to the real talk. Okay, so to condense what everything we have to say here, I've introduced a new segment called 14 Reasons Why the Land Before Time is the Worst Franchise We've Ever Done. And it is. Yep. Like, mm, I've... Yeah, it is. Honestly, it actually is. Mm, I've thought about it. I've looked back through every single one. I hate this more than anything, dude. Honestly, uh, name a franchise that sucks. I don't have them up in front of me, but I get your point. I'm just going to say one. Even if you're not going to admit you're wrong right now, are you? So, no, like, I'm not. Even if I brought up like, oh, what about this one? You wouldn't be like, <laughs> what about that time you got AIDS? Um, but no, that wasn't worth. a franchise. <laughs> that was an ordeal. <laughs> um, yeah, like. These are so, for being an hour and 10 minutes each, they're so soul crushing to watch. And they're just like, they're not films. Anyway, number one, reason number one. And we've, we've touched on this earlier. Sarah is the worst character ever discussed on this podcast. Interesting. What do you have to say about that? Um, okay. I think, so Sarah's the Triceratops or the three horn. Um, here's the thing about Sarah is that not only is she annoying and like, um, a certain word that I don't want to start saying on this podcast too frequently. Cause I'll just say it. Um, and it begins with C by the way. Um, Sarah, cause Sarah is spelled C-E-R. Yeah. It's got the same amount of letters as Sarah. Um, not only is she annoying and bratty and, you know, Egotistical, d- d- doesn't know what's brash, good for her and bossy. like totally unlikable in every way, but she's also like soul crushingly real. Like I went to primary school with a Sarah. Yeah. 
I and like she that had fat a bad bitch who <laughs> fucking stomps around the playground, steals your lunches, and then and then one day will be like, no one likes me. It's because I'm fat, or because or like you guys aren't including me, and that makes me sad. It's like we're not including you because you're a bitch. And she's but she's also got like a bad home life and like shoddy relationships with her parents and like is, 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 I don't want to give too much sympathy to it's very much like a victim of okay. society let's give sympathy she to- was bullied and therefore she becomes a bully yeah right let's give sympathy to the real people out there that we know yeah. that were like that yeah they have shitty Sarah is just a really it's badly a f- written a fictional character, character. <laughs> and she's a fucking bitch um yeah oh my god like I could it, like every time watching this these films they're like you think maybe Sarah's finally learned a lesson because she seems to at the end of every film. Mm. And then the next one comes along. It's like, oh, let's play the lone dinosaur. And she's like, how do you do that? And it's like, obviously you just pretend to be him. And then like, you just play around like every other game you play. Mm-hmm. And like, there's one film where like they're, they're going on a mission at night and there's like f- uh, four of them. And then Ducky's like, oh, I better go get Sarah because she won't be, she won't want to feel left out. Um, and, and, you know, like a genuine caring thing. So she goes and gets Sarah and then Sarah's like, why did you wake me up for this? We're just going around at night, blah, 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 blah. And then Ducky's like, oh, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I thought you'd want to be included. I mean, it's sad because there are little girls out there who watch these films and Sarah's their favorite. Okay. Like I, Sarah's their favorite. Oh my God. I like. She's brash. She's confident. She's strong willed. I'm actually almost in tears. I like, I like, I words cannot without you guys going out and watching all 14 films. I cannot express how bad of a character Sarah is. She has no redeeming qualities at all. She's not a good friend. Yeah. She's like incredibly rude. She's rude to her parents. She's like selfish. She's jealous. She's, she like if you took every single negative trait you could possibly think of and put them into one person it makes this fucking triceratops so that's number one number two 14 films is too many i've yep I don't, it is i don't know if we need to say more about yeah that. just do one all right eh, do a couple more if you three want. yeah otherwise it wouldn't qualify for the podcast three the first one the benchmark on which these films are to be marked is terrible. Uh, it's just not interesting. It's not bad. It's not badly made. Yeah, well, It's like, not a shill. The other ones are, a sh- are shills. Yeah. I mean, you think of um, other films that came out around the time. Even like, oh, come on, Spielberg and Lucas together. Like, <laughs> they've made Indiana Jones <laughs> 4. And it's better than The Lamb Four Time. Um, yeah, like, this normally, like, I was going into this being like, dope the first one is going to be like this beautiful work of art i've heard so many things about it and like it's it defines so many people's childhoods and then the sequels are just going to be a bit dumb fun hmm. boy was i wrong um i don't know why you expected that man it's just that's a series about an old grandpa penis and his bitchy <laughs> triceratops friend i don't think number four the emotional moments i.e meaning all examples are this littlefoot's mum dying have no emotional impact because Oh, I forgot to put a, a close bracket in there. Um, <laughs> didn't need to say that. No one would have known. Um, have no emotional impact because the movie surrounding it is terrible and gives you no investment in the characters. Close bracket. That's how I wrote it. Um, yeah, like I don't. I don't give a shit that Littlefoot's mum died. 
Well, you compare, you would naturally compare it to Mufasa, Mufasa. right? Yeah. Because they're very actually pretty similar movies. Yeah. Um, Except Littlefoot's mum is a woman. Yeah. Well, well, that's a, not what's she's wrong. She's a dinosaur. With, that's not why. No, I'm just saying <laughs> the that's, that's why they're different. Sure. Um, what, why <laughs> AJ's eyes just like <laughs> damage control, damage control. Um, why it's worse than Mufasa? Why? Well, why it doesn't hold a candle to Mufasa's death, even though it's treated very much the same? It's because you get a real sense of who Mufasa is for you know quite probably like 30 minutes of the Lion King before he's killed off. Yeah. Um, and Littlefoot's mum dies about 20, 30 minutes into the. That's not that long. Way. It's not that long. The movie's only half an, uh, an hour long. <laughs> you mean like it's an hour long just for anyone listening that didn't get what he meant it's an hour long yeah no, it's not half an hour long right yeah. we watched a full she, movie she, littlefoot's mum dies 10 minutes in right okay i'm calling that's what i reckon okay do you want me to pull it up no um, i'm get the dvd that i bought from the warehouse for four dollars <laughs> with a handle at the top yeah um so little kids can walk around with it like a little handbag <laughs> if you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about if you don't don't worry it's, it's not that funny um yeah but it's like oh i didn't care I like I, I'd heard people on Reddit mostly talking about like, oh, Mufasa's death was nothing. Littlefoot's mum dying, well, oh, takes the cake for me. Can't fathom why someone would think that. It's not even like <laughs> Littlefoot's performance isn't even as as heartbreaking yeah, as Jonathan Taylor Thomas's. <laughs> um, dad, Dad, get up. Yeah, it's just oh, mum, you're dead. Oh, I guess I'll go on this adventure, um, and then not talk about you for. 30 and that years. also defines Simba, whereas Littlefoot's mum dying. It's just like, oh, okay, now you live with your grandpa, yeah, who, yeah. whose penis you look like. <laughs> he probably does. I'd imagine the size of a of a dinosaur penis would probably look like a baby dinosaur. Five. <laughs> the music, bar the lone dinosaur, aren't even songs. <laughs> They're just a collection of syllables in the strangest order over something vaguely resembling a tune. We've kind of already talked about this, yeah. um, so I don't need to do all that. Number six, 13 of these four of these fourteen films were released straight to video. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about the quality? Yeah. Tells you everything about the quality. Exactly. Seven, the animation for the most part is terrible. Disagree. Okay. I don't mind the animation. I think, I think it's better than... It's still got that quaint cinematic feel to it. They still look like the drawings are well done. Like it's not... Maybe the animation itself isn't... I don't know. I, don't, I never noted it. There's, in the fourth one... There's a fourteenth one. Sorry, there's a weird like my mind just had to sk- like scan through the roller decks of these films. To, to um, know there's like about. a weird three um, D animated CGI mm-hmm. tree trunk mm-hmm. in a two D animated world. No, there's three D animation all the way through it. No, this is different. The water's three D animated. There are other three D animated logs in the other movies. No, oh, whatever. I didn't notice it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Whatever, this is dumb. Right, so that's 13 reasons why the Lamb of Paleontologically speaking, mm. it's a fucking mess. Oh, of course, but so Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't even follow its own rules. Okay. Sometimes they know what words mean, sometimes mm. they don't. So here's a list of words they don't know. Leaf. Uh, Rain. Cl- cloud. Earthquake. Dream. They call them... Uh, sleep stories. Sleep, yeah, they call dreams sleep stories. They call cloud sky puffies. They, <laughs> they call leaves... Rain, Tree sky stars. Water. Sky water. Um, but they know what flower means. <laughs> they say flower in one of them. Uh, one of the lyrics for the lone dinosaur is... He'll be there to stop the carnivore. They know what carnivore means, and they don't know what... They call them sharp tooths. But they don't know the, and also, the, the, none of the dinosaurs are, are called by their, like... 
yeah. their names right. I kind of like that though. I do too. But then Sarah is a Triceratops. Her dad's called Tops. Her stepmom's called Tria. Like, and then her, um, her little her half sister's called um, Trisha. Trisha. Tr- um, like T R I C. And Petrie is a pterodon. Pterodon with the start of the P, so you can get Petrie. That's Spike. Actually, no, that doesn't work because it's Stegosaurus. <laughs> Spikeosaurus. Yeah, because you were thinking Spike Tail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spike Tail. That, that one makes sense. Duck, yeah. Ducky's a, 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 a duck built. Yeah, so it looks like a duck. What the? F- how do they know what a duck is? <laughs> um, but there's also like, um, there's a sharp tooth standing over Sarah and one of them. And she go, and draws on it. And she goes, hey, who, like, is it raining? Or, like, like blames one of them for, for making it rain. Because right. she's a fucking bitch. Um, it's the only time in the series they know what rain is. And there's also the away. villains in the second movie the two raptors who one of them was voiced by pinky from pinky and the brain they rob paulson voices like everyone in these films do. does he yeah um he that oh, okay he um specifically i, th- I, I might be remembering this wrong i, I think, think he sings their like latin dinosaur name and it's the only time like right yeah, yeah. it's said in that um the uh number 10 the sequels don't even try to have any emotional weight i, mean, I guess you could say they don't need to because there's just dumb kids movies um I'd say they try to have emotional weight. Well, they failed. What about the, the big freeze when um, Spike leaves them and it's sad and they have to go find him? And Pff, whatever. 12 reasons. Um, for, 11. There's fucking aliens in the seventh one. We've mentioned that. Um, 12. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but why the fuck would you put eyelashes on a male animated character? <laughs> Littlefoot has these beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> My entire life, I, I thought Lilfoot was a girl. I think that might be why I never watched these movies, because I was so like... Oh, it's a girl's movie. Yeah, yeah. If I kind of shaken by the, like, the creepy innocence yeah, of how like, Littlefoot looks. Is it a little girl or is it a grandpa's in his penis? <laughs> <laughs> Number 13. And I, we disagree on this one. But because Ducky's voice actor was murdered, I feel bad pointing out how annoying her character is. <laughs> right. You I, say we disagree on this. Yeah, because you were saying... I got no beef with Ducky. You see that during I've the got I've got no beef with Ducky. I don't like Ducky. I find her so Yep, yep, yep. Shut up. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, we do. Oh no, we don't. No, no, no. Yeah, that's annoys the shit out of me. That, it's it's here's the best thing about this series. The best objective thing about this series. I said it before. These are all very well written characters. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Well, I'm gonna stop. Let me, right. let me rephrase. Stop, let stop me right rephrase. It's gonna come back to this. Well defined characters, not well written. All right. Um, pen and, and I think pen being put in there okay um, and I, I'll just quickly number 14 um, honestly Sarah's the fucking worst um, so 11 reasons why so there is 14 <laughs> reasons why Land Before Time is the worst franchise we've ever done and it is mark my words Land Before Time's the best franchise we've ever done well it? you're right here's 14 reasons why the Land Before Time is the best franchise we've ever done I love Ducky yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay number one they're only like 70 to 80 minutes oh there are actually 14 reasons but you were kidding <laughs> um yeah i mean they're short all right and when you watch the 1.5 speed they're only like 45 minutes um number two chomper is awesome yeah okay so that's interesting I wasn't that big on Chomper. I fuck it. Chomper's awesome, dude. He's just such a nice dude, and he, he's stopping to eat it. He's a swell guy. <laughs> um, number three, the characters all have really clearly defined voices. Yeah, and defined personalities as yeah, well. So, like, you could take one line of dialogue from any of them, and you'd, you'd be able to immediately pinpoint. They all speak in different kind of voices. Petrie talks in the third person. Um, uh, Ducky doesn't use any kind of contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah is obviously just 
being a fucking bitch all the time and then if it doesn't fit into one of those it's Littlefoot or Spike who doesn't speak yeah <laughs> if it's one word yeah it, if, it, if, it, eh. if it's the word is ducky then it's Spike and only from one of the movies yeah um, number four the song The Lone Dinosaur yeah uh, and then for the other 10 reasons, I just wrote. Uh... So the characters are really well well defined. And I'm probably going to get that. To, how far away are we from continuing this this franchise? So close to it. Shall, shall I do mine? Yeah, well, uh, did you want to... You said... What, what, what were we setting up just then? This. This is what okay. I'm setting up. Okay. We're doing continue the franchise? Yep, we can do. Okay. So, continue the franchise. This is where we pitch a sequel, because why the hell not? Or, no, okay. doesn't have to be a sequel. A continuation. Like, what do you want to see next in the Land Before... Or what could you see next in the Land Before Time mythos um, in any form? Yeah. Um, you know, it could be a video game. could yep. be yep, a yep, motion yep, poster. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I initially was going to just be like, I just want to see them get older. Like, they've been kids oh, yeah. for 30 years now. Like, let's let's see them grown up a bit. Um I changed my mind while watching the last one. Mm-hmm. I was like, and maybe this has happened and you, you might've done enough research to answer this. I feel like these characters lend themselves real well to like a, a video game. There's 14 videos. No, games. I know there are, but I don't know if they would have done it this way. All right. How, how would you do your video? Game? Well, you, so, so the, the, um, what was the last one called? The journey of the journey brave. Of the brave. Um, that, that one like I noticed it in that one that like you imagine if it's like the Lego games where you can switch between characters right. because each one of them has a skill yeah. like Sarah can headbutt things and over be a and, total bitch and um, Littlefoot um, can't do anything Littlefoot Spike. can't do anything but he's the he's the, the he's he, the Mario yeah he's the Mario um uh, Ducky can swim. Petrie can fly. Petrie can fly. Spike can be a can fat eat, idiot. Eat, eat. No, Spike would be your weapon because Spike can like bowl people over. And... Yeah, but then why can't Sarah do that? Because that's not her assigned skill in this game, I guess. But <laughs> oh, little, uh, I was going to say Littlefoot is tall. Is he though? I mean, not- Petrie can fly. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, as I'm saying this, I realise I would probably just play as Petrie all the time because well, d- levels would be designed in certain ways, so that <clears> they would have things you can only do as certain characters. Yeah, I'm sh- this must exist, but I've never seen it. There's um, there's a there used to be a Flash game on the Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, I think. It's um, Universal. Would that be on Cartoon Network? I think it was replaced by something on Cartoon Network, but it was like um, this game that was online and it was like a flash game and it had one level as each of the characters kind of thing. Um, Makes sense. And I think like there, it would, you, it could work in a way if it's like there's a cliff, you have to get everyone across. Hmm. And and so Petrie, you, okay. And if you don't do Sarah first, she'll just fucking complain at you the whole time. If you, Petrie can just fly across, that's you getting Petrie across. Sarah, you have to knock over a, a tree and get, and have her walk across. You know, a little foot has to learn some bullshit lesson. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, um, there's like a racing game. I think most like um, ten out of the fourteen games are educational games. Right. Yeah. For, exactly. For PC, so. I also, by the way, I watched one of the episodes of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, I watched it today. I watched the Return of the Lone Dinosaur. Of course. The it episode did. was called. Did um, it use the song? It did. Oh, not nice. not as good. They they adapted it slightly. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting how much. The t- from what I can guess from the TV show, it, it like relies heavily on the movies and like what you remember from a movie that came out like seven years ago. And- yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, well, you said to me earlier today that your um, continue the franchise was four seconds long. Was that just going to be that They're they older. get older, yeah. right? 
Hey, here's my continue the franchise. This might be my favorite continue the franchise I've ever done. Um, it's not a film. It's an official press release from Universal Studios stating they'll never make another Land Before Time film. Wow. That's the opposite of a continue the franchise. Yeah, no, it's like, it's one piece of media being released and that's it. This is like, yeah. This is, this is regret the concept of the podcast bad. Um, so the last couple, the last three episodes we've done before this were all two film franchises and you were complaining, like you were being all I was being a, being a little Sarah about it. You, you were, you were talking to me on, on Facebook and you'd be like, why are they even on there? Why do we have two film franchises? And I'd be like, I don't know. I think there's merit to some of them. And like, I want to talk about some of them. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. And and then, well, to be fair, you went so far saying the Shawshank Redemption should be on there. No, I didn't. I said the Shawshank Redemption is, could be defined as a franchise in the sense that it's got other media associated with it. It's got a book. That's a franchise. That's the Shawshank Redemption franchise. Right. I was was talking about, it's not a film franchise that I concede, but it's, it's a, it's still, when we're talking about the word franchise, anything counts as a franchise, basically, if it's got external media around it. Anyway, doesn't help my point or boost my point. (laughs) My point was though, is that you were, you were, you were at the level of, of like, we're deleting all two film franchises from the list. And I was like, no, don't. Okay. This, that can, to be fair, yeah, it partly came from external. Like I've had a lot of people be like, "What? That doesn't count." But I don't like, care. like, because people are like, "Fuck, that's a cool idea for a po- for a podcast." Oh, what one are you doing? You're doing Nymphomaniac parts one and two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna listen because no, I, I get it. And it was it was bad um, branding to have three two film franchises in yeah, a row. Well, two single film franchises <laughs> in a row. Um, but then we get one that's 14 and now you're like, right, I'm giving up the podcast. Okay, no, two, yeah. <laughs> like, fr- like, um, Godzilla, Free vs. Jason, two of my favorite franchises we've done and they were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just, these are just real bad. This is the worst mega franchise we've done. No, this is the worst franchise we've done. Mm, I want to say the mummy is still worse than the land before time. <sighs> No, uh, then okay. Mummy, well, mu- the mummy had like um, has an excuse. The, the, okay, look, you're right in the sense that this is the worst time I've had watching movies for the series. <laughs> Actually, I didn't Godz- like- Godzilla got pretty bad, dude. In the in the first one, the first era, uh, Godzilla, Godzilla would get so bad it would be funny. Yeah. This yeah, I, I it, this is the worst time I've had watching them. I don't know if they're objectively the worst films. Um, Maybe they are. I'm just playing devil advocate. <laughs> um, also, the um, backstory. Um, I watch these films at work because um, I was on, on late shifts when there's not a lot to do. Um, and when there's only like half a dozen people around. Um, and having to explain that, no, I'm not watching The Land Before Time. I'm watching The Land Before Time 6, <laughs> like over and over again. It's so annoying. And like, and now I'm just like, I'm just that guy at work. The I tell people time. about the podcast and they're like, oh, that sounds real cool. I'm going to listen to it. I haven't gained any new followers from from my, my ventures. But yeah, oh my God. Like, these are embarrassing movies to be watching. I'd, I'd like, I'd, I'd make a little, I'd minimize the thing and like put it to one side. So it was like off in a corner. You know, when you do things and you think, oh, no one's going to notice this. But everyone can. <laughs> if you saw someone else doing that, they would be like, they try to fucking hide that they're watching The Land Before Time 7. Okay. How are we going? What else do we need to talk about? <sighs> we're, we're at quite a... We're, we're, we're cutting out some, some of this, so... No, we're not. 
How long have we been going for? Well, it says an hour 27, but it'll be slightly less than that if you're playing. So we've been talking longer than any of the Land Before Time films. Yeah, but there's 14 of them. We've been talking nowhere near as long as all 14. Okay, AJ, we'll keep talking. Jesus. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's move on to a segment called Franchise Roulette. This is a segment where we (sighs) randomly... uh, I have a little fancy little random number generator, um, which says a franchise says a oh what if it's gonna be fuck oh I hate this <laughs> like what if it's real long like well, the, no because we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't now because if it's real long we don't have time we've got 10 days to watch the next <laughs> one and if it's a short one you're gonna be like well it's not even a franchise I don't want to do it <laughs> what's your ideal here what do you want to get I want to get men in black I want to get yeah three to Seven. Seven? I don't even want seven. No, like, like I'm saying, that, that, you know that's what? like ideal for the podcast. Do, do you know what? That's like, for me, that's like ideal for the podcast and like amount to talk about versus not having too much to yeah. talk about like today. Do you know what though? Like I'll, I'll watch whatever this, this gives me. Yeah, me too. And we'll be watching. My heart. My heart well, is okay, you have no my idea. heart is thumping right you now. You know, have no idea how much I've been looking forward to doing franchise really. Like to not be the land before time guy at work anymore. <laughs> my oh heart my is, is thumping, dude. One hundred and three. One hundred and three is. That's okay. Right off the bat, it's a two film franchise. But I don't want to do it. We should get David Corios, friend of the podcast, on for The Raid 1 and 2. Oh, nice. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I know you just fucking ruined having Dave as a guest. Like, Why? what if he doesn't want to do it or what if he, like... I'll message him. I'll... What's he doing? Should we call him? Do you want to call him? Uh, no. Nah, do it. It'll be funny. I've already... You have to yes and it. I've already, <laughs> I've already brought it up. Uh, let's see if he's active. Okay, he's active. Um... Oh, okay, let's call him. I'm pretty sure Dave specifically said he wanted to do this with us once. Is it on speaker? Yeah. Yo. Hey. Hey, man. Um, you're on film you're, franchise. You're live Fortnite. on film franchise Fortnites. Um, <laughs> we're just rolling out um, next franchise, and it's the raid, and we were a, a, extending a, a personal invitation. He's peeing, so I'm gonna pull the white phone and wait for Mike. Um, uh, do you want to watch the raid? Do you want to watch us? the raid one and two with us? Yeah, oh, I'd love to watch raid with you guys. And do yeah, a yeah. and do a podcast about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no! <nah. laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Dave. We'll, we'll see you in a second when we come upstairs. <laughs> no, what, you, what, what was it? I know. No, we were kidding. No, we, you, we, we were, were like, imagine if you were like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm real keen to watch the raid with you guys. Oh, and do a podcast? Oh, nah, not keen. Oh, no, I want to do a podcast with you guys. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I made it a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. Right, we'll thanks, talk Dave. to you in a second. I'll talk to you in a bit. All right. Um, enjoy the rest of the podcast, guys. How did it go? Uh, uh, sum up uh, Land Before Time. <laughs> sum it up. <laughs> Richard, do you want oh, to do they're the They're terrible. Yeah. They're fucking terrible films. movies and two sentences. Go. Oh, it's 14 films. That's one sentence. Oh, 14, sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't watch them, sorry. 40, okay, here's my two sentences. There's 14 films. They're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good job, guys. Hey, congratulations on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Right, right. 
All right. Thank you very much for listening, um, everybody. Tune in next time. Oh, oh boy. I hope people have enjoyed this. The Raid and the Raid 2, Berendale with David Karras. Mm, mm. Um, Researched by Alexander Jones. Yeah. Oh, I, like I don't have to do anything. Oh, and I only have to do two films. Yeah, you always get the easy. I, I've had. You, you've had all the mega ones. Yeah, I have, eh? Yeah, I had previous But you like it. You're better yeah. at it than I am. Oh, thank you. Um, but, um, yeah, I like. Yeah, I volunteered for Godzilla. I said, I'll yeah. do Godzilla and I'll do all of them. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, you can if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed our, our sweet bants, um, like us on Facebook under and subscribe Culture. to our Patreon, and which we don't have, but you can you can start one for us if you like. Yeah, um, <laughs> start us a GoFundMe. Um, I didn't read out any mail on this episode. I don't know if we got any recently, but that's all good. It's already been too long anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, but if that being and said, I'm not pl- doing a new segment where we write fan mail to the franchise because my I would just I would wrap up a f- some feces and be like. Dear Sarah, this is for you. Um, uh, but that being said, please send us some questions. If you've got any, we'll answer them on the next one. Uh, send any questions for, for young Dave uh, if you've got any questions for him. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube where you might be listening to this or on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, and you know what? May the force be with you. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.